Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Transfer Portal CFB podcast presented by No Context CFB. I'm your host, Dylan. I am joined by Liam and Drewster and Commissioner Escalante of the Sickos Committee because week four is a Sickos week. So, Commish, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I look forward to discussing this this lovely Sickos week that we have uh, ahead of us. And again, I appreciate you having me on for, for a second or third time. I, I've lost track, so who knows? <laughs> it's at least two. Uh, we looked at this slate and we were like, hey, we got a guess for this one. This game just screams Sickos Committee. This is such a great slate in the worst way, to put oh, yeah. it in a beautiful, beautiful manner. So let's start with the most interesting storyline for week four or the best storyline. There's a lot going on, but Kamish, what is your storyline that you're you're really eyeing in a week four? So this week we're getting some rivalry games a lot sooner than what we were normally getting. There's been some rescheduling. So normally there's some rivalry games that are the under the radar ones. Like, so you have the Louisiana Monroe plays the Raging Cajuns. Uh, they normally play around Thanksgiving. Uh, also, you have the return of the Bayou Bucket. Rice versus Houston are playing each other. So I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to those games that are under the radar. They're rivalry games. They're spicy. And of course, you got the Iron Skillet with TCU and SMU. So there's some, some Southern rivalries brewing under the radar. And I'm looking forward to those this week. I'm actually also looking forward to a rivalry, but one that's be being renewed it's about time it's going to be app state and james madison's first meeting since 2008 since their good old fcs days and app state leads that series 12 to 4 but it is a heated series on the field but there is so much respect shared between these two you know now former fcs powerhouse programs and jam you won that last meeting 35 to 32 it's been like 14 years since a game has been played. JMU has had to step up on App State for so long. We know what App State's done this season. They just won off a of dang Hail Mary at college game day. The last time that happened was like 2011 featuring Michigan State, I believe. This stuff doesn't happen often. There's just something great happening with the App State program. And JMU is looking so good. I know they've only played two games. It's been inferior opponents. But for them to look that good on offense in a transition year is truly great. Chris Thornton, receiver for JMU, elite talent, one of the best receivers in the group five. It's a, much, a must-watch game for any college football fan. I'm going to go out to the West Coast, and USC is looking as dominant as anybody right now, especially on offense. We knew Caleb Williams was a good quarterback. We knew Jordan Addison was a great wide receiver. But that's not the most interesting about this game. The most interesting thing about this game is not even Oregon State, a good football team. They beat Fresno State, another good football team. The fact that this game is on the Pac-12 network, you know, two great teams on the West Coast, and it's stuck on a network 99.9% .9 of the country doesn't have, and the 0.1% of it probably isn't going to watch that game. I don't know why this is not on Fox or ABC. This is a great conference matchup between a team that has playoff hopes right now. I mean, with how dominant USC has been playing, you definitely have to give them their credit. Why is this game on the Pac-12 network that most people on the West Coast can't even find? I mean, Liam, I know you don't really have much opportunities to find the Pac-12 network. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been trying to watch UCLA games for three weeks. And I mean, this last week when we're – 
playing South Alabama, the stream that I got, an illegal stream, of course, because don't have Pac-12 Network, the stream I got was for Washington State-Idaho from back in week one. So it's absolutely an abomination. It's unwatchable. If you want even more hatred to this storyline, Utah and Oregon State play on Pac-12 Network this next week. Disgusting. I have I have Pac-12 Network, so I'll tune in. Our Canadian correspondent has Pac-12 Network, so in Canada, it's easier to get the Pac-12 Network in it than it is in the United States. Believe me, if I had it, I, I would definitely watch it but I, I don't have it either so you know but I, I can't get the longhorn network either and i'm in texas so who knows <laughs> interesting that's the only i think that's the only network available that i i don't have is a longhorn network but i'm not really you know too upset about that necessarily i'm not really too interested in watching texas and louisiana monroe or some Whoa. other um, awesome dude games. we couldn't hey, watch hey, utsa hey. texas last week because of the longer network that is true. No, I, I did i did go see louisiana monroe play in texas so i was actually in attendance <laughs> for that game and that was a lot of fun so that was it was a blast and it was that that stadium they have this giant video board and every time there's a third down like bevo comes out and like does this through your logo with its horns <laughs> and uh it, it happened a lot so ulm was on third down so we got to see bevo rip up the ulm logo a lot that was a lot of fun though well i stand corrected um maybe i maybe i need to book an order a subscription for the longhorn network um, <laughs> i don't know if it's but, going away soon but who knows that yeah that very well could be true with it, the move to sec it is um Oh, it is. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, I missed out on an era completely. That's unfortunate. <laughs> um, but I'm sticking with the West Coast for my storyline. I'm going with Arizona State. I know we'll talk about him a little bit more in the show, but I mean, they fire Herm Edwards right before Utah comes to town after a loss to Eastern Michigan that they just looked absolutely pitiful in that game. I, mean, I don't know <laughs> if anybody was able to watch that game, but um, <laughs> The, the Sun Devils, just a mass exodus that they had this offseason is finally complete. They lost everybody in the coaching staff except for Herm um, because of the investigation. So much of their top you know, production left because, you know, why would you really stay if you have any hopes of going to the NFL? If you want to win, Arizona State is not really the place to be right now. And the transfer portal, they lost everybody recruiting. They lost a lot of people. It is just a really bad situation for Arizona State. And I really didn't think that they were going to be, um, like, destroyed by Utah next week. I thought it could have been one of those, you know, crazy Pac-12 games where Arizona State does something crazy. Now, I, I really don't know. I mean, this it doesn't look like it's going to be a very competitive game with a new head coach, interim coach. But you never know. I mean, it would be the most Pac-12 thing ever if Arizona State would beat Utah and derail their their college football playoff hopes if those are still breathing for the Utes. Um, you know, against a team that has, you know, a first-time head coach, like it would just be absolutely incredible. Um, but transitioning from the Arizona State storyline, I want to ask which coaching spot do you think is more desirable, Arizona State or Nebraska? Commissioner, we'll start with you. So as the Sickos commissioner, last year Nebraska won the, I guess, the Sickos national title, so to speak. Uh, comparing this to the Nebraska or Arizona State job, which one I would rather have? Honestly, I, I'd, I'd rather go Nebraska. Uh, just based off the history of Arizona State, it seems like one of those programs that is like everybody's like, you could win there. It's great. They have talent. They have, you know, everybody – 
you could win there, but it, it feels a little bit like a like a fallacy. Uh, that I mean, the last time they made a major bowl was in '97. Uh, really, I, I can't remember the last time they won the Pac-12 in, in this situation. I, I'd rather go with Nebraska just based off of their fandom. Now it seems like you can reset the expectations after like one of your you know chosen sons of Nebraska. Uh, failed so gloriously, I guess, so to speak. Well, not gloriously, but whatever word you want to put there, just just failed so miserably. That that would be work. That, that would definitely be better than the previous word I used. And and I would go with Nebraska. If you can reset expectations and then show that you're able to beat like the Big Ten West folks, like, I mean, you should be able to hang with Illinois, you know, Northwestern, Purdue, Minnesota, Wisconsin, you should be right around them and compete for maybe a Big Ten West crown every couple of years. So I, I, I would take that as long as you can reset those expectations. Yeah, I mean, I think it's Nebraska is the more desirable job, and I don't think it's in the same galaxy. Like It's just not even close at all. I mean, Scott Frost forgot to flush the toilet and just left an atrocity of a situation in Nebraska. And it's still miles and miles and miles worse at ASU. Herm Edwards sent this program into the bottom of the Pac-12. The AD has shown a complete lack of care for the program. They don't want to be players in the NIL game. There's an ongoing NCAA investigation at ASU, which is a significant investigation to say the least. The situation at Arizona State is truly one of the worst situations in all of FBI football right now i would not want that job one but there is no chance i would take that asu job i I don't know who's going to get it i feel bad for them in advance because they're going to have to build something up and it's going to be such a difficult job but hey best of luck to whoever gets that asu job it's just it ain't looking good for you and have a tough task on your hands i'm going nebraska as well i don't think it's relatively close either and i think that one word you know, makes this significantly different money. Nebraska has more money. They have some of the wealthiest boosters in the entire country. And not only that, they have what, in my opinion, I would call the Dallas Cowboy fans of college football. They haven't won since the nineties, but they're still super loyal. They'll still show out to every game. And you know what? Even when they lose, they'll still find a way to find a positive, even if it's a little delusional. Nebraska is a tough job to build up, but with the assets that they have, the money, the facilities, It's not a talent-rich state like Arizona is, but if you find a coach that is that guy and he can find a way to win, Nebraska has been a program that historically can go to other states and find success, especially in the 90s when they were national title contenders. I don't think this is relatively close. Liam already talked about it. Arizona State's not even in just a bad spot when it comes to product on the field. Off the field, it's a mess in its own, as he said, galaxy. Yeah, you guys bopped it on the nose there. Nebraska is the answer here. I don't think there's really an opinion here. I mean, Arizona State is in such a weird position, not just with the NCAA investigation and the, and the head coaching thing, but in conference realignment. Like, it feels like they're in a, a tug of war. Like, where are they going to end up in the the scraps of the Pac-12? Could they be, you know, shipped off to another conference? Who really knows what their situation looks like? But you have UCLA and USC leaving the Pac-12 South, and you would think that would open up the door for an Arizona state to maybe compete for that title. But 
I mean, now you're looking at, you know, the NCAA investigation, who knows what kind of, you know, sanctions would come out of that. They have a, you know, a daunting, daunting coaching search ahead of them, trying to get somebody who wants to take all of this on. Um, and, and you talked about Nebraska's money and the boosters and the competition looks a lot stronger, although Nebraska is probably not going to be in the middle of the Big Ten West, um, you know, competing for the division title for a while. So I definitely think Nebraska has a better chance of um, being better sooner. But the Arizona State thing is, is such an intriguing one to see what direction they go, what kind of leadership they do, if they hire internally or whatever they have left of that coaching staff. Or if they try to get like a big name to get some, you know, fan engagement and some belief in that program. Because, I mean, look at what Colorado did earlier this week. They even put it out in apology saying, hey, we know we suck. We expect better. Arizona State, I wouldn't expect that from their AD at all, given their situation. Like, I don't think they've apologized for anything that's been going on. I don't know if you guys saw that video of them, what looked like they were firing Herm Edwards as he was coming off the field. It was the AD and the president, and they were like in the end zone as he was rushing off the field after the loss. Like there's nothing going right at ASU right now. I think there's something going right with Nebraska just because they have some sort of talent to build off of and they're in the market that, you know, they can produce NFL talent. They can produce, you know, um, I guess some sort of recruiting stability, like they'll get people because they have the name Nebraska and they're in the big 10. They'll get some guys, Arizona state. They're in a, a talent rich state, like you guys said, but they just don't even get guys from their own backyard. They go to Oregon, they go to Washington, they go to the sec. Like they can't even get guys in their own backyard. And I think Nebraska is just overall in a way, way better state. And that's, that's honestly being very generous. Andrew, sure, what's up? I want to add one more thing to this. Um, Jacob Cowing was one of the most highly touted transfers in this entire market. And as we know, he's an Arizona kid. If you want to put this into perspective, he chose Arizona over Arizona State. Over the last five years, Arizona has been one of the biggest clown programs of the country. They can't win, but Jetfish has them in the right direction. He got a bunch of talent in the door. Is this the year for Arizona to break out? No, but it's just showing you that Arizona has taken a much bigger jump then Arizona has state has under Herm Edwards. And now there's just rock bottom. Can't find a way up. Very good point. Yeah. Arizona. Who would have thought that the Wildcats would be in a better spot than the Sun Devils just a couple years after Arizona state won, what was it like 70 to seven against the Wildcats? Like Arizona is in a considerably better spot. And that's crazy <laughs> to think about. Um, but speaking of, you know, teams that were in a sicko position, let's say, um, let's crown our sickos champion entering week four. It's crazy early, but let's get crazy. Kamish, who are you going with? Okay. Uh, it, it, it's, it's kind of unquestioned at this point in, in the committee's mind. And we're almost thinking about having a separate category for this team specifically, uh, because almost every week, uh, that their game is, is probably going to be the sickos game of the week. Uh, it, it's none other than the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, when you have an offense ranked dead last, 131st, and a defense ranked fourth, um, it is like the perfect re recipe. And then you have special teams with like their punter is just like the the all-star of the team. Uh, it That is, I mean, all of the followers are, are clamoring for Iowa football. I guess that that's a good thing, but... We, we can't seem to watch enough. And then they play Rutgers 
this week uh, in Piscataway in a night game. So again, that's probably another <laughs> another sickos game of the week. There's some other ones that are close, but but uh, Iowa is is definitely in the lead, and it is theirs to blow. Uh, I'll just say that right now in the committee's mind. Yeah, I mean, we just need some more Iowa after dark. Oh, yes. Mid- midnight, Iowa, people bringing their dogs into the game. Uh, it was it was fantastic. I couldn't sleep. I was like, this is amazing stuff. Like, I- I'm watching, and, you know, the weather delays, and then we had followers saying that I, <laughs> we- I asked them if they were at the game. They're taking pictures. They're like, we never get any service here. Now we're getting great service. <laughs> They're taking selfies, sending it to us. Uh, we followed a couple of them too, and it's been, it's been fantastic for Iowa fans. And then honestly, they're two and one. They lost a rivalry game. That's it. So who knows what the rest of the season can bring, and who knows if they find themselves in the Big Ten championship again? Uh, who knows this year? So uh, it's definitely Iowa for us so far. I'll tell you one thing I know, and that's zero and twelve Colorado. Do any of you see that team winning game? Because I straight up don't. And I'll get mm. to a point shortly as to why they're going to make a push to be the Sickos champ. But I mean, look around the country and try and find me another team that is going to go 0-12. I would say the only other winless team right now with that chance is New Mexico State. But who's New Mexico State play? Oh, they're favored against Hawaii this week. And they have six straight games where they're playing Hawaii, FIU, New Mexico, San Jose State, UMass, and Lamar. New Mexico State's going to get a win or two. That's just inevitable. Colorado is not. I may actually be there for their first win of the season. Uh, I'm going – I'm driving from from Texas to Las Cruces to go see them play Florida International. Uh, (laughs) They they gave us press credentials, and the Sickos Committee will be there. We're going to be making the drive – completely across West Texas in the middle of nowhere from San Antonio to El Paso and then to Las Cruces to, to go watch that game. So if they beat Hawaii this week, that'd be, that'd be fun to see, but yeah. Oh, and 12 Colorado is, yeah, uh, it is a possibility, but yeah. we'll, we'll definitely see. Yeah. I mean, and we already know that they played that brutal non-conference schedule of TCU air force in Minnesota. What, how did that happen? Like, <laughs> Just for that to happen to this team, this Colorado team was like the perfect storm. And then just look at this. The Pac-12 is really good. I know there's some teams at the bottom that just ain't it. But Colorado is staring at the stretch to end the season where they're playing Oregon at USC, at Washington, and then hosting Utah. Those are their last four games of the season. Those four games are going to end up crowning them the Sickos champion because I don't know if they could score 14-plus points in the those four games combined and how many points they're going to give up, how many punts they're going to throw out there. Like, golly, man, Colorado is set up for, for such great sickosness. Thanks for taking my pick, Liam. I've been talking about Colorado all off season. I've been saying they're an 0 12 team. So now I'm going to have to think on the fly. Can't really think too hard about this. Auburn is a dumpster fire. There is so much sickos things going on in Auburn not only is Brian Harson just losing control of that program it was what a one score game against a San Jose State team that struggled against Portland State 
uh, that's, that's an, uh, I can't even put into words how weird that is. Now they have a game against Missouri this week, another team that's not looking great, but this, we always talk about how the SEC is king and the SEC is just everything this. It means more. It's a little bit more sicko. I, I think that's the only thing that means more in Auburn right now because they're not going to win a lot of football games. They're not going to look like a great football team. Brian Harson's going to have to hop on Zillow and find the best house in South Florida because that's probably where he'll be coaching next year. It's just such a weird place, especially for a program that has had such great success. I mean, they were a national champion, what, 10 years ago, 11 years ago? Yeah, yeah, came close a uh, few it. years after that too. So um, yeah. definitely, I I think you know Dylan's not wanting to talk about that one. So there, there's a couple of other like there's positive sickos. You can see like positive stories where there's teams that are unexpectedly doing great things too. So it's not necessarily all negative stuff regarding the sickos. Like last year, we had the the run with UTSA where they're undefeated, they're winning last second games it's crazy right now i mean you could look at the jayhawks you could look at duke uh you could definitely look at those and see those because i mean sickos is not necessarily all negative i know the word sick is in it but it's not necessarily all negative and that's not what we like to see good stories positive stories unexpected positive stories like we had utep last year uh, like making a bowl game. That was fantastic. So I didn't mean to step on your toes, Dylan, but whatever, whatever team you got, you can go right ahead with that. UTEP looks like they fell off. Honestly, I'm, I'm pretty disappointed <laughs> with, with how UTEP has looked uh, the last couple of weeks. I, I know early in the year, it looked like that offense was going to be pretty special with Hardison and uh, mm-hmm. Ronaldo Flores coming in, playing receiver and Tyron Smith. It looked like they were going to do some good, but man, they put up a stinker last week. Um, yeah. I mean, Iowa's a weird one because their offense apparently comes out at night. They're a nocturnal team. So against Rutgers, maybe we we hit an over there. We'll see. Uh, Colorado was another one I wrote down because that TCU game, JT Shrout came in. I was like, whoa, okay. There's some spark here. There's some action going on here. And then Air Force, it goes 5 of 21 for 51 <laughs> yards. And then Minnesota goes 4 of 11 for 24 yards. At least he threw a touchdown. But like that's no. just oh, what what do you do with Colorado, man? I don't see them winning a game. But the other one I wrote down for negative, and I do want to talk about a positive one. But a negative one I wrote down was Georgia Tech. Like mm-hmm. they won a game against Western Carolina, which I honestly didn't think they were gonna win. Um, but I don't see them winning a game the rest of the year. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think Jeff Collins makes it through October, honestly the way that their schedule lines up to go at UCF at Pitt the next two games. Like they're going to get absolutely trucked the next couple of weeks. Then they play Duke who Duke is, a you know, a surprisingly very good team. Like you said, that's not an easy game at all. They host Virginia, which Virginia has not looked very good either. Surprisingly, I thought Virginia was going to be a really good team this year um, at Florida state at Virginia tech home against Miami at North Carolina at Georgia Georgia Tech is not winning a football game for the rest of the year. I think it's going to be a disgusting performance, and it's going to be intriguing to watch what what that program does in such a what looks like a loaded ACC uh, in the future if they do fire Jeff Collins. But a positive one. You talked about Kansas. I have to talk about Kansas because they're three and zero. They look like they they could make a bull run. Like dare I say, they could be a six win team this year. Um, they could win their next three games. They could. <laughs> It's yeah. crazy. The last time, the last time they were three and zero, they started out five and zero, and then lost the next seven. Like their their schedule at the at the end of the year does look really tough. I will say that. 
uh, the Big 12. They get some of the giants of the Big 12, and we'll have to really see what they're made of. But offensively, they just look like they can't be stopped right now. Like, they're running over everybody. Jalen Daniels is doing exactly what I thought he would do this year. And that Houston game, like, that was going to be the true test. Like, are they for real? And they are for real. And maybe it's something to say about Houston, about where they're at as a as a program. But but Kansas is for real, man. I can't believe that we didn't get college game day in Lawrence. Like, that makes me so sad. That should have been so we much tried. fun. We uh, tried. Yeah. Like, they'll have fun maybe – Maybe seeing Anthony Richardson throw a touchdown pass for a first time. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, you'll maybe. See, you'll definitely see Jalen Daniels with some touchdowns this week for sure. Um, but my champion, I, I got to go with Kansas because that offense is so much fun to watch. Defense is is going to do its job. I just think that offense is going to outscore damn near anybody. I mean, I, I can't wait to see what they do against the Oklahomas, the Oklahoma States, and see if they really give them a challenge. It, it could be really fun down the year. Um, but is speaking it, of some wait. teams to... Oh, go ahead. Is it too early to just say that 2007 2.0 really is happening and Kansas is playing the role of 2007 Kansas and there's going to go on an absolute tear for no reason and make it to a New Year's Six Bowl? <laughs> Again, that's the sign of a crazy 2007 coming back, even though ULM lost to Alabama. So, uh, you know, yeah. apologize. It, it didn't work out this year. It, it was close. But they scored more points than Georgia Tech did against Ole Miss. So, uh, you know, in this situation here, you know, I, I, I also want to shout out Vandy. Vandy's 3-1. and one. They hit their over for wins already, I think, for the year. They, they're 3-1. and one. Uh, They play Alabama next, so uh, good luck there. But, you know, again, it's a lot It's a lot of fun, and, and there's a lot of surprises. We definitely love teams that hit their over and wins in, like, three games. Like, they were only projected to have two and a half wins, and then they get it in the they're 3-0. and It's fantastic. Uh, so, definitely, we can – I'm looking forward, and, and we always hope for, you know, 2007 to uh, Electric Boogaloo, whatever. We can, we can hope for that in 2022. Absolutely, fifteen-year anniversary. That's gotta right. Do something There's special. Been an insane amount of upsets. I've got to count the numbers again on that, but there was sixteen after week two. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's transition into who has the most to gain in week four. Um, Kamish, let's start with you. Who are you? Who are you going with? So the most to gain in week four, uh, I have it kind of. I guess. I'm really curious about UNLV. Uh, this is I'm fascinated by UNLV. Like they put it on North Texas last week. Now they go on the road to Utah State. Utah State is down, but they're the defending Mountain West champions. So I feel like if UNLV can get this win, they may be in the mix for a potential bowl game in the Mountain West. And the Mountain West is 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 relatively down this year. Uh, unfortunately, you know Jake Hayner got hurt. Um, I, I don't think he's uh, going to be back for the rest of the year just looking at that, but we wish him the best. But UNLV fascinates me. They played very close games last year, and they fell short a lot. But this year they're seeming to to be hitting another level offensively. I don't know about their defense, but going on the road to Logan, Utah, I'm very curious about that, and I feel like they have the most to gain and, and potentially make a bowl this this year. 
I'm really looking forward to UNLV as well as just the whole because the offense is so fun to watch with oh, yeah. what Doug is doing at quarterback. Mm-hmm. You've got White and Williams at receiver, and you've got an emerging stud running back in Robbins. Is they're just so fun to watch. But for my most game, I'm kind of going off the board here because they just have not looked good in two FBS games. It's NC State's offense. Like I have no idea. You know, what is going on with this offense? They're not in sync at all. They stunk it up against ECU and Texas Tech defenses. And I don't want to sit here and have people in the comments tell me, oh, Texas Tech's defense actually isn't that bad. I don't care because it's the expectations that we had for NC State's offense. Devin Leary and his pass catchers are not in sync. There's no reason that these guys should not be carving up most defenses that they face. And yes, they play UConn this week. So what could they possibly have to gain? Oh, I don't know, getting a significant amount of points on the board, more than 27 points against an FBS team, please. Like chemistry, gain that momentum, swagger, a newfound confidence going into next week's showdown versus Clemson. Like you've got to find something on offense. They have looked repulsive on that side of the ball. It makes zero sense. Their defense is dang good. The offense looks like hot garbage. I don't know how I can top that, but I'm I'm going to go back to the Big Ten, and there's a player that his brother just found a lot of success yesterday, so I'm hoping maybe he can replicate that this coming weekend. Talia Tungavailoa and the Maryland Terps just had a game against SMU where, we granted, we thought there was going to be a lot more points in that game, but Michigan is playing their first half-decent team. No disrespect. Actually, no. They're playing their first team with the Pulse. Full disrespect to those teams because they suck. They need to get better. Colorado State, UConn, and Hawaii, we've talked so much about that non-con. Talia has a chance to not really expose, but have a chance to perform at a very high level, especially statistically, against the Michigan defense that's going to be tested for the first time. I had high expectations for Maryland this year. So far, I wouldn't say they're living up to them. They're living close to them. I wanted them to beat SMU by a little bit more. I wanted them to just look a little bit more dominant on offense. They haven't really done that. But if this can be that little breakout game, Talia hasn't really had that yet. He's had, you know, flashes, of course, and will he'll always have the little comparison to his brother. But if he can find the ball to Rakim Jarrett, if he can give it to Dante Demas, I'm not saying Maryland can win this game outright, but the spread is 17 and a half. And I, if I were a betting man, which I am, I would say they can definitely keep it close to that number. I don't think that this is a game where Michigan's going to blow them out by 50 like they have to every other team right now. This is a different monster in Maryland. It's not a amazing monster but at least it's a monster compared to you know UConn how how did we let Michigan's non-conference schedule exist because they backed out of y'all's game thank you for bringing that up and not having me bring it up very good point Andrews I thought that was very cowardly of Michigan to duck the mighty Bruins of UCLA I mean they'll be stuck in the same conference with them in two years don't remind me welcome I'm gonna go to the ACC for mine. I think Wake Forest has the most to gain this week playing Clemson. A lot of people might be doubting them after that really, really close game against Liberty, where they had to win in the last minute. They host Clemson and they have a real, real chance of winning that game. Like Clemson's offense really only puts it together in the last couple minutes. Like they had a very small lead against Louisiana Tech at halftime. I don't remember exactly what it was, but that, that was a really close game in the first half. 
I think Wake Forest, if they win this game and they win convincingly at home, I think they could really pull vault themselves into not only the ACC title game picture, but maybe even the college football playoff picture. Because I think that might be their toughest test um, on their schedule. So now we'll switch into the most to lose. Kamish, we'll go back to you. I'm going to say it's TCU. So TCU plays SMU this week in the Iron Skillet game. TCU took SMU's coach. And if they lose the SMU, the TCU boosters are not going to be happy. Not going to be happy at all. There's one guy that we follow. Uh, I don't know if you're uh, on Twitter, but Stats of War, Parker. He's like, you can't lose this game. No matter what, you cannot lose this game. So I feel like this will get I, – I know TCU is undefeated so far. This will really get the boosters against uh, TCU's head coach, Sonny Dykes. And that that feels like you don't want to lose to your rival, especially when you just went to the other side of the rivalry. And that that's one that's very interesting to me. Uh, a runner up. I don't want to take your your thing, but it, it's it, it's it's Auburn um, against Missouri is the is my other one. I, I'll let somebody else explain that if you if you pick that one. Yeah. So I think with the whole TCU SMU thing too. TCU should not – okay, well, they're probably going. If TCU, one, loses that game, but two, let's Rasheed Rice go off against them again, who they failed to land in recruiting a DFW kid. It's a tough look. That's all I'm saying. But for my most to lose, I went with two. It's kind of cheating, but it's one point being made. Neil Brown and Jeff Collins. Jobs are on the line, in my opinion. I'll keep it short and sweet. Georgia Tech gets embarrassed by UCF. You could say goodbye to your job, Jeff. It's over. It's done. We're through. And then I just I'm just speaking into existence. If West Virginia manages to drop the ball against Virginia Tech, there is no reason that Neil Brown should be coaching their October 1st game at Texas. Here's a little fun fact. Neil Brown has four FBS wins against teams that finished the season with a winning record. The time is up for Jeff and Neil. Neil may have a little bit more significant reason to stick around, I guess yeah, you would the say, buyout-wise. But, you know, I, I, don't, I, I was hearing rumblings before we even started this that, that Collins could be gone. So who knows? While we're recording this, it could have already happened. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to want to check my phone and Twitter after this. But I'm, I'm glad Liam brought up those two coaches and not mine because I have Scott Satterfield. Louisville. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I should have him too because I think he's terrible. Oh, he's awful at his job. I don't know how the heck they beat UCF. But, I mean, Gus Malzahn's not that great either. <laughs> Scott Satterfield and Louisville have a sneaky, tough test. Now, I'm not going to call USF a good team because that would be a blatant lie, and I try not to do that on this show. But I would also be lying if I said USF can't win this game. Did we see what they just did the other day? They played Florida close. I'm also not going to call Florida a great team because I don't think that's the case either, but they can play teams close. Uh, Jeff Scott's not a good head coach. I don't think Scott Satterfield is either. If he finds a way to drop the ball – against USF. I think the world of Malik Cunningham, he has not looked good this year. If Louisville, my gosh, if you lose to USF, I, I used this analogy earlier. I'm going to use it again. Scott Satterfield, I hope you have internet where you are because you're going to need to go onto Zillow and find a, a nice quaint cottage by the Kibbe Dome because that's where you will be next year. Oh, no. 
Hey, it's, it's, a, it's send, a good stadium. Don't send them the paradise, though. Ah, the the Kibby Dome <laughs> Cottage on Airbnb. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go kind of outside the the thinking here. I, I'm gonna go with USC. I think everybody's talking up USC as this crazy good team, and they are a crazy good team. Don't don't get it twisted. I think they are a very very good team. But Oregon State, dare I say it, and dare I make the pun and stay with Manjuster, they are a buzzsaw. I think this Oregon State team can upset USC and derail their college football playoff hopes way earlier than most people would have expected. Oregon State, I thought that Montana State game was going to be really, really close, playing on a soccer field, neutral stadium, not really. But, like, you know, in Portland, you know, it's it's kind of a, a neutral site game, I guess. But Oregon State is not a team to sleep on right now. They beat one of the best FCS teams by 40. Like, a lot of people would probably sneeze at that because Montana State doesn't have the attention of everybody nationally, and they should. But the Beavers, I mean, I think they're going to give the Trojans a run for their money. And if I was a betting man, I would I would bet Oregon State to at least cover, but maybe even win. I just feel like this is going to be a crazy week in the Pac-12. And I think Oregon State beating USC should not be a super crazy prediction. Because I think Oregon State is a very, very good team. Yes, and Drewster. He just raises his hand. <laughs> well, I don't want to just interrupt his point, Lee. I'm sorry I'm trying to be a gracious guest, even though technically we're all in this together. We always talk about the Pac-12. What's the one thing that we can always expect from the Pac-12? For them to cannibalize. They happened last year. Stanford beat Oregon. Oregon looked like trash after that. Utah was cannibalized early in the season. They never had a chance. Is this maybe the chance for USC to realize, hey, this is what cannibalization is like? That sounds weird. (laughs) What was that? (laughs) I think the point I made on my review pod, though, I went in depth on it, and I'll keep it short here. The Pac-12, this this is the best Pac-12 that we've had in such a long time. And yes, it's inevitable that teams are going to eat each other alive. That's what's going to happen. But I will say, I don't think a a loss to Oregon State would derail SC's playoff chances. I I would still say that one lost Pac-12 champ would get into the playoff because of what we're seeing from these other teams. How good is Washington? They have one of the best offenses in the country, and they might not even have the best offense in their conference. Well, they don't have the best offense in their conference because SC does. It's unreal what SC's doing. And you speak to Oregon State. I I wish I ranked them in the top 25 after a Fresno State win. I really do. I wish I ranked them after this Montana State win, too. I really do. But the issue is I cannot rank them until if, if they beat SC or at least take them down to the wire because I need to see it against them. But if they start their season with four quality performances like that, you got to talk about the job Jonathan Smith has done and really start talking him up as one of the better coaches in the country because of what he's done. What he did at the end of that Fresno State game is not something that a lot of coaches are going to do. Not a lot of coaches are going to let him hang right there and go for the win. Absolutely. I, I don't think if USC was to lose to Oregon State, I don't think that would be their only loss. That's why I think it could derail it because they mm-hmm. do go to Utah. They do go to UCLA. They, you know, they host Arizona. You know, we're we're not beating a... them. Don't worry. We're not going to get close. Oh, oh we know, Liam. We know. Oh, yeah, we know. But I'm just saying like a two loss Pac-12 champion team would not be in the in the college football playoff. Sure. Most likely. I mean, the, the college football playoff could see its first two-loss team given the 2007-ness that this season seems to bring so far. Um, I, I don't think USC, if they lose to Oregon State, they would run the table the rest of the way. 
that's just my personal opinion. So that's why I think it would be super, super damaging if they lose that game to, to Oregon State. And I guess on the flip side, you could say Oregon State would have the most to gain by beating USC. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, they would um, probably vault into the top 15. They'd be very deserving of that. It'd be four easily. really good wins. Easily. Absolutely. Um, and speaking of games that we're looking to uh, looking forward to watching, let's uh, let's start talking up some games. Let's put some games into people's minds and say, hey, flip this on the TV. You know, put this in the forefront of your of your brain here. So, Kamish, what are you going with for the game that you're most looking forward to watching? All right. It's not a full game. I just want basically Notre Dame's offense versus North Carolina's defense. Yes. That's yes. That's what I want to see. It's it's basically <laughs> I want to see Notre Dame's offense, which is incredible, struggles incredibly versus North Carolina's defense <laughs> that can't seem to stop anybody. And I want to see what happens in that game. Uh, that's what I want to see. And then, uh, you know, of course, it, it's 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 Iowa and Rutgers. I I, I have to watch it. I, I've already like imagined the commentary in my head where they say points are at a premium here in Piscataway. Uh, so that's, <laughs> I'm just looking forward to that. But we're really, North Carolina, <laughs> their defense versus Notre Dame's offense. I, I'm not worried about the other side of things. That's fine. That'll be a normal game. But just those two sides is great. And then one other one, late night slate that's going to get hidden behind a couple of other ones, Western Michigan at San Jose State. That's going to be a fun one. The MAC versus the Mountain West always produces some fireworks and that's one that I'm I'm looking forward to to watching that one there, and and hopefully we can see some more shots of San Jose State's uh, construction in their stadium. Just the beautiful scene out there, and of course you chose the most sickos game possible with the Notre Dame offense against UNC's defense. Per- Perfectly on brand. This is that's, that's what we've come to expect from you. You guys hit your sickos points and you hit them hard. Look, I gotta go though. South Dakota State, Missouri State. We've got a pair of top six FCS opponents going at it. Missouri State just did what against Arkansas? They probably should have won that game. I'm being honest. I watched the entire game. They outplayed Arkansas. Petrino out coached Pittman. They just at the end of the day, they just didn't have the dudes close it out that happens it's an fcs team playing an sec team it, it's fine missouri state was a better team the game, and there's no doubt in my mind south dakota state also took iowa well you know losing to them without allowing a touchdown is always kind of embarrassing but south dakota state's defense is legit i don't care that they're playing iowa they've got incredible players on the side of the ball and linebacker adam bach is probably one in all honesty is probably the best defender that they've ever had in program history you look at missouri state's receiver to jihad booker and we could obviously talk about the quarterbacks but and Mark Gronowski and Jason Shelley, but there's so much talent everywhere in this game. Booker's a stud. The Yankee twins that receiver for the Jackrabbits are studs. It's just a shame that this game's on watch ESPN and not like a low-key ESPN news game. Like, ESPN should do that. When two elite FCS teams are playing, sure, it's on Saturday. What's ESPN doing? What's ESPN News doing, though? Because last week I saw they had Spike Ball on TV at, like, noon. You could throw an FCS college game on there. Let people watch South Dakota State, Missouri State. I'm going to read a stat to y'all. In the last, I want to say, 22 years, I want to say since the top of the century, the AP Top 25, which sucks, 
eight occurrences <laughs> where a team, I believe in the top 15 or top 10, one of those two has lost and just immediately dropped all the way out of the pool. Has happened eight times. Three times it's happened this year. Oregon versus Georgia, Notre Dame versus Marshall, and last week Michigan State dropped out after losing to Washington. I think that this is a very interesting matchup in East Lansing this week, Minnesota playing Michigan State. Michigan State, I want to talk about for a second. Mel Tucker was the secondary coach for Alabama, and they might have one of the worst secondaries in the country again. This team is awful. They can't stop the pass. They had an entire offseason to work, and they didn't. Mel Tucker literally called himself a dog bleep coach, and i not going to lie, I can't disagree with him as of right now. This is a horrible job. His quarterback, Peyton Thorne, I thought going into this year, hey, Peyton Thorne's solid. He sucks. He is <laughs> awful. He has missed so many throws. He's made so many stupid decisions. Whoever was coaching him this offseason ruined his mechanics. They need to put in the backup, who against Akron looked pretty dang good. Michigan State also doesn't use the right running back more. Jared Broussard needs more of the carries than Jalen Berger. Jaden Reed, he missed the Washington game. He's dynamic. Keon Coleman, dynamic. And they can't get them the ball because Peyton Thorne sucks at throwing the football. Their defense has some stars. Jacoby Winman, the UNLV transfer, he's one of the best pass rushers in the country right now. But they got to play a Minnesota team that statistically has a top five offense and a top five defense. Granted, they've played three cupcakes, three of the worst teams in the country. Colorado was one of them. But Muhammad Ibrahim, he's looking as stellar as he was before the injury. He's averaging, I want to say, close to seven yards per carry. Offensive line looks fine. Tanner Morgan, I'm not going to call him back to 2019, but he's looking pretty dang good. Lose Chris Altman Bell for the year. Prayers out to him. It's a really unfortunate situation. Hopefully he can get another year of eligibility through the medical red shirts. But Minnesota's defense is for real. That that team is for real. Defensive line isn't going to get a ton of pressure but that secondary is one of the best. It's one of the best in the country. Justin Wally's such a good corner. Jordan Howden and Tyler Newbin, great safety tandem. I bet Mel Tucker wishes he had them. This is a very interesting game for a Michigan State team. A lot of people had highly touted going into the year at a Minnesota team. A lot of people are opening their eyes to this year. Speaking of opening their eyes, if anybody's listening to this on Spotify or Apple and you can't, you're not watching this on YouTube, just tune in on, on Andrew Stewart on the YouTube when he's talking about Minnesota, how wide his eyes get. <laughs> this this man, this man's eyes get crazy wide whenever he talks about Minnesota. So just, just flip it on for that if you want to tune in on YouTube. They're a 10 um, one team. All right. Well, speaking into existence, buddy. Um, Kansas. I agree with to, him. Whoa. Oh, I do too. I do too. I'm, I'm not Why saying don't you have to crazy. call me buddy. It's okay, sport. I feel like that's just, uh, I'm just getting belittled. This is, I hate this. I hate this. <laughs> it's okay, pal. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, chief. Oh. <laughs> he fell out the chair. <laughs> Get up from your chair. I was just doing roll. that. We got to, a podcast you know, to I, felt, I felt left out, you know? <laughs> so I had to throw in the, the pal and chief. I'm used right? to it. <laughs> All right. All right. Get up. Okay. <laughs> well, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Kansas some more. Uh, speaking about statistics, Kansas had more points in the AP poll than LSU in Wisconsin. Let's zoom out of what the college football world is right now and the undefeated Kansas. Just think about that for a minute. Kansas has more points than LSU in Wisconsin combined. Syracuse does too, which is also another thing we need to talk about because Syracuse is dang good, but. 
Kansas, man, the Duke Kansas game is going to be must watch in that 9 a.m. Pacific time slot that also has a Clemson Wake Forest ranked game. Like, I'm watching Duke Kansas over Clemson Wake Forest. I'll probably watch both, but that game is just going to be so exciting. Both offenses look really competent. Mike Elko has done a fantastic job in his first year, and we thought that was going to be just a sickos team in Duke. But Riley Leonard has done a really good job stepping in as quarterback after, you know, Gunnar Holmberg, Holmberg transferred to Florida International, I believe. Um, I don't really keep track of the Florida International yeah. quarterbacks because it seems like they have a different one every week. Um, but Kansas, the, the offense is going to put up so many points all season long. They're the third highest scoring offense in the country, seventh best rushing attack. I think they're going to keep it going against Duke. But Duke's rushing attack, or rushing defense rather, has been able to limit some really good rushing offenses. And Northwestern was one of them. I mean, Evan Hull is one of the top running backs in the country, I would say. And they held that rushing attack to 76 yards. Um, obviously, he had 200 yards receiving in that game. But I think Duke's defense is going to be one team that can kind of limit Kansas. Um, if, if Houston wasn't able to do it, I'm not really sure if Duke can. But we'll see. That should be a really exciting game. Um, now let's, let's flip it over team that we're going to expect disappointment from this week. We talked about it a little bit with the, the most to lose, but Kamish, what, what are your thoughts? So I'm going to go with the team that just came off a big upset win out West Eastern Michigan. So they're playing against a Buffalo team who gave coastal a lot to handle last week. Uh, I feel like they're going to be riding high, kind of like the Sunbelt teams were after they won their, you know, their big upsets. And I, I know they're playing on the gray turf, but it's a conference game. They're relatively close to each other talent-wise. Uh, just look out, Eastern Michigan. I, I don't know if they can maintain. Uh, Creighton's a fantastic coach. If they can maintain it and, and put away Buffalo like they should. But that's one that I would keep an eye on, that, that maybe Eastern Michigan can't keep it going after they had that, that big win over Arizona State. I love that pick for mine. I'm also going out west into that mountain area, and I ain't talking about the Buffaloes of Colorado. We're talking about Colorado State Rams. Those guys are absolutely terrible at football, and you need to expect disappointment from Jay Norvell's squad. One, Jay Norvell, really cool of you to ditch Nevada for probably a worst program right now in Colorado State. That's looking real good for me, real proud of you. This is an absolute dumpster fire at Colorado State, and they host a top-tier FCS team in Sacramento State this week, who has an electric offense that has done nothing but put up big numbers in two games thus far. I expect Colorado State to drop the ball here and start 0-4. It's that bad at Colorado State already. I know for certain that there's already players inside the program and fans are completely unhappy. We already talked about one of them, Dante Wright, was an established receiver with NFL eyes on him, already hit the transfer portal because Jay Norvell and his staff never gave him the chance. What is that? You have an NFL a guy, you have a receiver that has NFL eyes on him that hit the transfer portal after two games because Norvell and his staff never gave him a chance to go out there and play football for this horrific team. They are terrible, man. I like Sac State's offense. Jake Dunaway and MTSU transfer Asher O'Hara are a really dynamic quarterback duo that they've been implementing. I, I like Sac State to win. Colorado State is beyond fixable. I know one game Liam had his eyes on was Arkansas versus Missouri State. He already talked about it. Arkansas State has a lot of problems. 
And I think that Texas A&M has a lot of problems. I think that Texas A&M has a little bit more pressure, especially with Jimbo. He has, you know, a lot of guys breathing down his neck with his massive contract and his, you know, success in recruiting, yet he can't seem to get past that little eight and four hurdle. Arkansas last week, you can say they undermined their competition, but I feel like that kind of goes away in the second half when they just couldn't pull away until there was like, what, five minutes left, Liam? It, it was a really close it was a really close game for way too long. They were I think up that 27 17, Missouri State was, and then just dropped the ball yeah. from there. It's just what happens when you play in a CC team. It's just a different level. You can't hang for 60 minutes 99% mm-hmm. of the time. Momentum flipped on a punt return touchdown where they yeah, missed at that. least two block in the backs. Yeah, I Arkansas, what are they like number 10 right now against an AM team that has a chip on their shoulder after the App State loss? They didn't look great against Miami. I think that just says more about how bad Miami is, especially how Josh Gaddis just is not a fit there. That's a completely different subject. I think that this is where Arkansas can drop the ball. I think that this is where AM gets a little bit of that momentum back. Hopefully Jimbo Fisher can do something and revitalize that offense because that offense is like watching 1940s Notre Dame. It's disgusting. It's like, it's just that team. If you put super speedy De- Devin A chain out there, who is a stud that doesn't get enough credit for what he does. But the quarterback there sucks. Max Johnson seems to have a little bit better hold of the offense than Haynes King did. He's also just significantly better mechanically. I think AM wins that game. I think that this is a big step back for Arkansas. And when they have the SEC West, plus, you know, they have to also go to Provo, I think it's not the greatest sign for Sam Pittman's squad. I uh, I wouldn't put too much blame on uh, Josh Gaddis just because I feel like Mario Cristobal has more of a chokehold on that offense, like in years past at Oregon. But uh, I'll, their I'll, offense I'm, works. I'll, I'll it's my so bad. Out. They, they, they have... just settled for another field goal. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I I root for Miami too. So <laughs> no worry. my mom was gonna kill me. But uh, <laughs> if she watches this, probably not. But so I'm safe. Uh, no, it. It's very, very conservative play calling, and maybe they'll open it up eventually. Um, that was something. So I, I'll, I'll kick it back to you, Dylan. Sorry, to interrupt. That's okay. Yeah, that that a lot of people nationally were were surprised by how conservative and bad the play calling was, and just the offensive look. And I think most Oregon fans were like, "Yeah, that looks about right." <laughs> like I think a lot of Oregon fans were were pretty used to seeing guys with talent not get utilized and. You know, quarterbacks just be um, put in a in a cage, essentially. A terrible um, situation as well. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I, I'm going to go with a team that I think is going to be disappointing, but it's not going to lose. I think Ole Miss is going to have a really tough time with Tulsa this week. I'm not expecting them to lose, like I said. But I think people are going to be surprised at how close this game will be. Tulsa seems to really play good teams close. Like last year, they played Oklahoma State in Stillwater really close. They lost Ohio State by three touchdowns, but that game was a little bit closer than the score might seem. They almost beat Cincinnati last year. And I think Tulsa is better this year. The davis to keelan stokes connection is going to be massive in this game. And they're one of the best connections in the country. Uh, davis Brent, I think, leads all FBS passers in, in passing yards this year. The Rebels, I think, are going to have a tough time putting them away. The offense really only started to come around because Georgia Tech was in front of them. So I think Ole Miss is is probably going to win this game, but I think it might be a shootout. I think it's going to be a really um, eye-opening game for a lot of people and a, a good test for for Ole Miss where they're probably overlooking them a little bit. Um, 
let's transition. We we gotta we gotta ask this question because we've got the man himself here. What game has the worst vibes? So like the general malaise surrounding the game. You would say? have this on the on the outline. All right. So I'll let him, so I'll like let him worst, define that. You wanna you wanna define the worst yeah, vibes? Like, just a game that truly screams that sickos just gross disgusting it could be a punning clinic it could just be just gross play calling like whatever you think is just going to be you know a gross 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 i'm gonna go a little bit off off of the i feel like the one that that andrew just talked about a&m in arkansas it's in the neutral site. Both teams, if either one of these teams lose this game, they're both, it's like, you know, flashing lights. That That's one of those where it's just like, I feel like there's a general unease, you know, besides the, the classic Missouri-Auburn, where the vibes are, have never been correct in Auburn ever in their history. But, um, you know, with the Harston situation, and then Mizzou not looking that great either. That's another one that has bad vibes. And then we'll go off the charts for some weirdness. Uh, we'll, we'll go UMass and Temple. Now, Temple hung around with uh, Rutgers. And if they didn't have a pick six thrown by Kurt, Kurt Warner's son, the quarterback for Temple, uh, I, I think they may have beaten Rutgers. But that one's going to be an ugly game. Uh I, I don't think Temple has much offensively, and UMass is 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 UMass. So I went with Mizzou Auburn. There's just zero positive things that are coming from either team right now, and they're both two and one. Uh, the game's going to be disgusting. It's going to be dreadful to watch, and it's on ESPN. So, oof, glad this one got ESPN treatment, but we can't flex in. App State Troy last week, a college game day game to go on ESPN instead of ESPN Plus when college football scoreboard was on for three hours. Anyway, Mizzou Auburn's on, and Mizzou is looking like hot garbage, and they're not feeding Luther Burden. They're not feeding Luther Burden the third the ball like they need to. If they don't do that, this game is going to be. Uh, a punning clinic turnover clinic it's gonna be awful i'm not sure what's getting burned more right now my face from the sunburn or neil brown at west virginia west virginia is playing virginia tech in what might be one of the worst games this year because not only is west virginia just not good at football which i did not expect i think jt daniels is a good quarterback but all respect to kansas they're a good football team this year you dropped a game to kansas at home that's not great but then you're playing Virginia Tech, and Virginia Tech hired Brent Pry this offseason. Probably the most bland hire of the offseason. That's like, whoop de doo that's Penn State's defensive coordinator. C- congratulations, you might be able to play defense. But, you know, for dang well, sure, you're not going to be able to play offense. Grant Wells is a trash quarterback. I don't know how this game is going to be watchable, which means it's going to be the most watchable game of the season because that's how this stuff goes. No. Uh, hopefully uh, nobody put out a request for Grant Wells to appear on the podcast anytime <laughs> soon because <laughs> uh, or Peyton Thorne for that matter because he got slandered Ooh. earlier or Mel Tucker Ooh. or Mel or Tucker. well I invited Jeff Collins to come be one of our co-hosts I will not be on that show no like he's with us if he accepts when is when he gets fired I will not be oh, okay. on any show with him yeah okay. he's gonna he'll he's just gonna be in our group chat 
I will leave the group chat. <laughs> Don't just be here for the vibes. Um, I can't believe nobody said Hawaii, New Mexico State. Like oh, that no. is going to be Ooh. downright awful and amazing at the same time. I'm going to enjoy that if I can find a damn stream for it. I, it but, it's, oh. Seriously, I, I it's on Flow Sports. I, I I had the Flow Sports subscription for the UConn UMass game last year. I, I I'm really probably just gonna renew it to watch this one. I I'm <laughs> I'm gonna do that for real, even though I tweeted it earlier and it seemed like a joke. But no, that was that was a lot of truth in that tweet that I was gonna renew my Flow Sports subscription just to watch that one. Uh, I don't think it has bad vibes, but uh, it's it's definitely a sickos game. I'll say that. Yeah, I mean, both offenses are in just a gutter right now in the bottom of the country and basically every category. Uh, Hawaii has no idea who their quarterback is. New Mexico State scored 32 points in four games. Uh, I don't think anybody's allowed more points than Hawaii. I know they played in week zero, but I think the first team to 10 points wins this game, and that that might be generous, honestly. And it's going to be really fun. Like, I think mo- both defenses are – um, you know, going to eat. I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. One guy that I, I really enjoy watching on New Mexico State is defensive lineman Lazarus Williams. That guy's a playmaker. And fun fact, I actually went to elementary school with him. Uh, I, I found that out on accident. Um, <laughs> he, was, he showed up on my on my TV. I'm like, hey, that name sounds familiar. Looked him up and sure as heck, we went to the same elementary school. So I'm rooting for him and I'm rooting for New Mexico State in that game. Um, really fast here, we're going to go through our, our player focus. Uh, who is one power five guy that we're looking at and one group of five FCS guy that we're looking at? So uh, I, I have for the, the power five, I, I want to look at Tyler Van Dyke again. It seemed like in the AM game, he was off. So he had some of the throws he had some, he had open wide receivers and he he just wasn't connecting on it. So I want to see if he can get back on track. I know it's just against middle Tennessee, but I want to see if he gets back on track regarding the group of five. I I want to watch our, our Detmer champion, which is a a sickos uh, metric that we created. Basically it's a, it's a downward eventful throwing metric that we have quarterbacks that really just throw it out there, throw for a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns, a lot of interceptions. The current leader that we have this year right now is Kyle Vantries of Georgia Southern, and that's who I want to watch. Uh, he he has an equal amount of interceptions and touchdowns with a lot of yards, and they're trying to basically learn a passing offense on the fly. So he's very fascinating. He was on fire against Nebraska, and then last week against UAB, not so much. But still, uh, he's very fascinating to watch, and, and he's our, our clubhouse leader so far in our Sickos metric. The ginger general. Love to see that. For me, I'll go rather – I'll try and go quickly. I'm sorry if I talk. That's how it be. Power 5, Antoine Wells Jr., South Carolina, elite wide receiver, NFL future. Look, South Carolina needs a spark. They need to get their fans extremely excited and off the field for something. I've got the solution you're playing Charlotte. You're playing one of the worst pass defense in the country that I've seen with my own two eyes like three, four times. They are horrible. Andrew Sturt could be the quarterback. I could be the receiver, and he's throwing for 350 to me against the 49ers secondary. I expect 200-plus receiving yards for Antoine in this game. If you just get juice the ball, I'm going to be super disappointed if they don't get a future NFL stud the ball. I I, I don't know. He's, he's an elite player, and South Carolina, please figure ways out to get him the rock. And then group five slash FCS, 
Coastal Carolina plays on Thursday night. If you didn't think I was going to pick a Coastal kid, you're tripping. Josiah Stort, your time to show everyone what's up. Yes, you had 13 sacks as a true freshman. People still don't know about you, even though you're a stud defensive tackle, edge rusher, and linebacker. You do it all, and you do it all so well. NFL eyes are on him because what he did as a true freshman. There's that pipeline I always have to bring up. He and Isaiah likely went to the same high school. They're both going to be NFL guys from Coastal. That's just super interesting that I have to throw out there every time. But this is Josiah Stort's time to shine. You've got the national attention on a Thursday night game. It's time for you to take advantage of the business opportunity. Coastal's first game, not on ESPN Plus this year. Rack up a few sacks. Show people what's up. Show them why you're a day two pick in the 2024 NFL draft. I'm going to go to the week one Heisman winner, Mr. Anthony Richardson. Weeks two and three were not so kind to him. Now he's got to go into one of the most toxic environments that you can think of, and that is the water bottle and mustard bottle throwing, golf ball chucking, Neyland Stadium filled with a lot of Vols fans. This is a game where if he wants to show people, hey, I'm more than just, you know, athleticism and raw talent i'm an actual good quarterback which we have not seen this year even against utah there were some shaky plays but against usf and against kentucky uh there was a lot more shaky than good tennessee is a good team i think that this is possibly a top 10 team you can look at hendon hooker in my opinion is the second best quarterback in the sec cedric tillman is one of the best wide receivers that you can watch in the country he's explosive that entire tennessee offense josh heupel just got his extension well deserved for him but Anthony Richardson, he's going to have to pull a rabbit out of the hat if he wants to do something special and ruin Tennessee's probably biggest home game we've seen in a few years. Now, we don't do this too often. It's the Group of Five FCS. I'm actually going to go to the FCS for this, and I'm going to talk about Jason Shelley. Liam talked about Missouri State a little bit earlier. I did as well. Jason Shelley's going to go up against the South Dakota State defense that is very, very good. Yes, we understand that Iowa has their hardships on offense, but – that defense for South Dakota State is no joke. Only giving up 10 points to a Power 5 team. I don't care how bad their offense is. It could be 11 Liams out there, and they would probably still score more than 10 points. That shows you how bad Iowa is, but it is Power 5 nonetheless. FCS is one of their best offenses in Missouri State. South Dakota State is one of the best defenses. Two of the best teams in the FCS. This is going to be an epic clash to see who can get that early step up in the FCS. I'm going to go in the SEC as well. I'm going to go with Max Johnson. We talked about him a little bit. The Arkansas pass defense has been horrid to start this season. It has been absolutely awful. Statistically, it's the worst in the country, allowing, I think, they're the only team in the country that allows more than 350 passing yards a game. And I know it's it's early, but they just have not looked good. And Texas A&M's passing offense hasn't looked prolific either, but I think it's looked better. It's taken steps with Max Johnson as its quarterback, as we talked about earlier. I, I think this is as good a chance as any for Max Johnson to prove and seal his case as the starting quarterback for Texas A&M. And I do think that he'll he'll do that and he'll lead the Aggies to a big win. And I'm also going FCS. I didn't realize I was, I was not going to be the only one. So I'm very happy we have two. I'm going to go to the Patriot League, the reigning Patriot League Offensive Player of the Year. I'm going with Tim DeMora, the quarterback for Fordham. The Fordham offense has been outstanding, scoring a ton of points, putting up a ton of yards. They have a lot of receivers that can put up a lot of yards. And, you know, DeMoran is an explosive quarterback. You talked about guys that just put up a crazy amount of stats. His 16 touchdown passes in his first three games. Like, that is that's absolutely crazy. And they play Ohio on the road. I think Fordham 
does the unthinkable, if we can call it the unthinkable, I guess. I think they're going to beat Ohio. I definitely think Fordham has the offense to do it. I definitely think that Ohio has not looked super promising. I know they've had a pretty tough non-con schedule, but I think Fordham is good enough to to win that game and, and capture, you know, the attention of those who were sleeping on the FCS. I, I expect DeMorant to put up 400 plus as is the usual. I expect him to put up four touchdowns against Ohio. I think, I think, I don't know how to say his name. I I'm full transparency, but uh, Fotis, the wide receiver, the leading wide receiver for Fordham. He's <laughs> one of the best receivers in the FCS. The guy's outstanding. I think this Fordham offense is going to put up historic numbers this year. Um, and that would now, be, that would be Ohio's second straight year losing to an FCS team. Shout out Duquesne. That's right. That's okay. Yeah. Picking Showing Fordham. Some... You're you're a part of the Ramley. Exactly. <laughs> yep. There we go. Yeah, I've been I've been watching this Fordham offense, man. It's been really fun to watch. But uh let's go into our picks. Let's go on some college game day rapid fire. We're we're running against the clock here. So let's start with Clemson Wake Forest. All right. I did horrible the last time I was here. I think I was three and seven. Uh so let's hope let's hope I do better than this because you have me picking some normal games and, and I don't do well at normal games. So I, I'm going to go Clemson here uh, at, over Wake Forest. I'm also going with Clemson. There's just no way I could pick against Brian Brzee right now. Taking Clemson as well. I don't like betting on DJ Uyunglele, but after what I watched from Wake Forest last week, I'm going to have to. I'm going to be the uh, the uh, um, devil's advocate here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Wake Forest just because I think they're at home I, I think this is a really good chance for Wake Forest to prove that they are a contender in the ACC. Um, I, I just, this game screams Demon Deacons fans rushing the field. I think they get it done. Um, next game. Now we're going back to the, the Sickos games for a there second. We go. UMass Temple. Uh, I'm I'm going to go with the Owls. They were close last week, and I think they, they got enough just to get past the Minutemen. I'm also going with Temple, but I also forgot to say something earlier when I was talking about Carl Stakes, I can disappointment. Please expect disappointment from Illinois, too, because I think Chattanooga beats them. I just wanted to get another FCS, FBS upset on this show. Off the arm of EJ Warner, Temple will take it. Temple wins because of their defense. I think they shut out UMass. Um, next, we talked about it a little bit. Florida, Tennessee. Uh I'm going to go Florida. It just feels weird. I'm going Florida. It, it, it's weird. Tennessee hyped. They're favored. Some odd reason, Florida. Yeah, so Andrew Schur talked about it. He sees Tennessee as a top 10 team. I ranked them number nine. I see them winning. I don't have Florida ranked for a reason. Anthony Richardson throw a touchdown pass. Challenge, it's impossible. Tennessee by 24. <laughs> oh, oh. I think Anthony Richardson throws a touchdown pass. I think Hendon Hooker throws four or more. I got I got Tennessee big in this one as well. Um, Minnesota, Michigan State. Anybody know the forecast for this one? Because if it's like rainy and gloomy, it's it's Michigan State all the way. So I'm just if it's rainy and gloomy, it's Michigan State. I'll pick Michigan State. Uh, I gotta go with Minnesota. I picked them on our on uh, on our draft for a team to be on the field the longest for a reason. I think they get this game done. I love their secondary. Michigan State secondary is dreadful. Andrewster hit all the points earlier. Give me P.J. Fluck and the Gophers, man. So East Lansing on Saturday, 
uh, September 24th, I'm seeing high of 68, low of 55, cloudy, 29% chance of precipitation, 54% humidity, nine mile hour wind to the northwest. Uh, and that's at 4 p.m. So that'll be around kickoff. I'm going to take Minnesota as well until I get proved otherwise. I don't think Mel Tucker's doing a great job. That secondary is disgusting. And I don't think Peyton Thorne's a good quarterback. Flat coming. No. <laughs> Minnesota hasn't really played anybody. Like we said, they've won in convincing fashion in all three of their games. I think this game proves that they're for real. I think they beat Michigan State by at least 10. Next one is Arizona and Cal. Is this a sickos game? Uh, it will be because this is the only game that <laughs> Cal lost to Arizona last year. It's it's back at Cal this year. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go with Cal. Uh, I don't think Arizona can win this game away from the fish tank. <laughs> I'm actually gonna go. The fish tank's not gonna travel to Berkeley, but I am taking Arizona. And Cal has one of the best player in their team's true freshman Jay and not, and they don't get him the rock enough. Give me Arizona because because they find ways to get their best players the ball. If you look at that fourth quarter against NDSU, they found ways to get cowing the ball. He didn't have a catch in the first three quarters, if I'm not mistaken. Had like five in the fourth. I'm going to take Cal here. I'm really concerned about Jaden Delora right now. He's he's fun to watch. He's, he's fun. He's he's scrambling right now. You see him? It's, he's still oh, going oh, yeah. back. I'm pretty sure he's actually on the field right now. <laughs> he's still scrambling, trying to complete a pass. He's he's chaotic in, in the best way possible. The Wildcats won in California earlier this season. I think they'll do it again on Saturday. I've got Arizona. Next up, Arkansas and Texas A and M. I, I picked against A and M last year, so I have to pick them this year. So I, I got it wrong last year. So I'm gonna go with the the Aggies and uh, you know, let's do a little giggle. No, all right. Oh no, <laughs> just joke. I'm just. Yeah, we won't do any of the uh, the midnight yell slam poetry here, but I don't know how I can make a pick for this game when all I could think of is Jaden Dolores scrambling around a food court at Arizona right now trying to figure out what to eat for lunch. I don't think Arkansas is good at all. They have not impressed me in their three wins. I have to take a and I'm going to take the fight in Texas Aggies. And why why they know we're going to do that? Why? At AT&T Stadium, because the 12th man will travel. Yell leaders will lead Texas A&M to a victory. Why they Just know give me a and I don't do want to acknowledge what that was. <laughs> why they know he was going to do it, too. Beautiful. He's good at it. Yeah, he's really good it's at it. It's frightening. Maybe I should have gone Texas A&M. He could have. Right then, the right rolls for some over. <laughs> well, this is going to be our, our official transfer portal sickos game of the week, Iowa Rutgers. However, we're not going to pick the winner of this game. We're going to pick the over under, which is set at 35 and a half. What do you got over under? Um, I, I have to go under. I, I have to. <laughs> uh, I've I, I got to go. I, I feel like it's going to be like 15 to 13. Something yes. like that. So that's what I feel. Uh, or 13 12 when somebody wins on a last second field goal, that'd be great. But yeah, I'm going under. Uh, last second field goal. How about last second blocked punt or last second safety? I I thought hard about picking the over here because I knew I'd be in the minority. I can't convince myself to do that. I have to take the under and I have to root for a 6 4 final score or heck, give me 8 to 4 because that's even better. 
what if Greg Schiano, he's up by one and he's just at the end of the game, there's like seven seconds left. He's got to clock it. He doesn't want to give Iowa a chance. He takes an intentional safety because he can't do math and they lose by one. I'm going to say 11 to 10 Iowa under. <laughs> I, thought you were, I thought he was just going to say instead of punting the ball to them, just take a knee on their own 25 and see if Iowa can go score a 25-yard touchdown on the final play. <laughs> We need that. Greg Shiano, if you're listening, somehow, some way, please. I so want to go to Piscataway for this one. I really do. <laughs> I want to fly and go. I, I literally wrote down, this game screams somebody scoring 11 points. Like, I just think there's going to be an 11 on that scoreboard. I really do. Somehow. I, I think, like, obviously everybody's going to talk about how bad the offenses are. I think it's going to be because of how good the defenses are. Like, oh, Rutgers' man. defense is really good. Iowa's defense is really good. It just it just sets up a single digit just slugfest. So I'm going under here, but yes, Liam. How many quarterbacks throw a pass? Or how many players throw a pass? Nine. <laughs> <laughs> More quarterbacks and points. Let's go. Halfback pass, tight end pass. Let's go. Big punt. Give me big punt. That's right. How many, yeah, how many times does Philly special get run? <laughs> Uh, Western be- Michigan, San Jose State. I know, Kamesh, you're, you're looking forward to watching this game. Who you got? I am. It's it's that weird game that that there's four going on at one time late night, and, and this is going to be the one that's not paid to pay, paid much attention to. I think I got San Jose State winning this one, but in a really close back-and-forth fun game with Western Michigan. Yeah, I actually think this is one of the most fun games that we're picking. I think it's one of the best games of the week. It's going to be fun late night. And it's going to be fun watching Western Michigan win. And I think that they've been rather impressive despite their losses. Corey Cruz is one of the best receivers in the group of five, too. Let him cook. I'm going to take Western Michigan as well. They didn't look too bad against Michigan State. San Jose State, I, I can't get a gauge on them. You either almost lose to Portland State or you almost beat Auburn. I think that says a lot about how bad Auburn is right now, but that – the Sean Tyler, Corey Crooms, that that combination is a lot of fun. I think they're going to put up big numbers. I got Western Michigan. Now let's go to our group of five FCS game of the week. James Madison at State. I can't wait for this game. I, I'm probably going to be hated and booned for this, but I'm picking James Madison. I, I feel like they're rolling. They are high gear transition. App State is coming off of back-to-back crazy high. And I, I feel like this is a letdown. Like they almost had it against Troy, but I feel like this one's the letdown. And and James Madison is good enough to beat him. I do understand that. But it's back to back to back because of the UNC thriller too. And I do get picking JMU here. I truthfully get it. I was close to it. I have to pick App State. There's just something happening in the water in Boone that is creating these games and the magic continues to be on their side aside from the unc game which it's still remarkable to think about that they were ever in that game at the end and had a chance to win i do think that two and one's the right record i just think it should have been a win against unc and a loss to troy i have to pick app state man i i don't want to pick against app state because i do think that there is something special happening there i don't want to pick against luke combs He's amazing, but I, I love James Madison too much. I think Liam's already talked about them enough. Chris Thornton is a freaking dog. I lied. I'm going to take James Madison, App State. You know, this was special. You're a special team no matter what happens. 
but I, I think we're going to come down a little bit to earth this week. I think this is going to be a low scoring game actually, because JMU's defense is very, very good. I think app state is going to meet the challenge. I've got app state in a close one. Now this thrills me to say the transfer portal CFBs power five game of the week, the three and oh, Duke Blue Devils, the running devils of Mike Elko, and the Kansas Rock Chalk in 3-0 Jayhawks. Kamish, who you got in this one? I, I'm riding the Jayhawks. Uh, I I want them to keep going. Please, please pull us. Pull us to 2007 again. Just do it, Jayhawks. Please. As far as I know, Lance Leopold has not turned the console off. Give me Kansas. It's a, it's a shame that College Game Day is not going there. In fact, if there's any right. massive corporations out there, we would love if you flew us out there and you gave us a set and we did our own pregame show in Lawrence, Kansas, because the fans of Kansas deserve it. They deserve the national attention that they should be getting. Kansas by 17. Duke and Kansas in football, so much better than in basketball, man. Like, I don't care. This is going to be a thrilling game. I got Kansas in a close one. I just hope we get a really close, just last-minute game that gives us all the thrills. And, yes, if any corporation wants to give us some some love and, and fly us out, and sickos as well, if you want to come by. Okay. I don't know where you're, you're headed this weekend, but uh, come uh, on down. <laughs> this this weekend, hey, if they want to send us out too, we're, we're willing to, to do that. So... Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I would love to do like a sickos game day, you know, slash transfer portal game day. We could, we could, we could do it ourselves and buy like some really bad pop-up tents from like Academy or Bass Pro Shops or something like that. It, it'd be great. Maybe, it, maybe they'd really enjoy that. But if anybody wants to pay for us, yes, we're, we're down. Please, please send us save, save me from my real job. I appreciate that. <laughs> Oh, the vibes are going to be immaculate in Lawrence. I can't wait to watch it. And thank you, everybody, so much for tuning in. Thank you, Commissioner, for joining us on this incredible, just absolutely exciting week of college football. They say that this this gauntlet of college football in week four is not going to be as exciting. I say BS. This is going to be as exciting as any week in college football we have ever had. It's going to be the most 2007 week of college football that we've seen since 2007 that's probably redundant to say but i just think it's gonna be very very fun and i i'm gonna be tuned into every possible game fcs fps division two canada i don't care i'm watching vanderbilt alabama vanderbilt alabama let's go man alabama you're next that's right look out for that vaunted vandy offense Oh, man. Well, thank you, everybody, so much for tuning in. Whether you're listening on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, give us a follow. Give us a subscription. Make sure to uh, check us out on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, our content on, on our website. We've got so much content for you, whether it's Duke and Kansas previews, whether it's, you know, James Madison App State previews. We've got you covered. This is going to be such an exciting week of college football. So make sure that you're locked in with the Transfer Portal CFB and Sickos Committee. Where can they follow you? Uh, they can follow us at, at Sickos Committee. We actually started our podcast. I think we've had maybe like five or six episodes. So we have podcasts that go up typically on Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, wherever you can get your podcast, it should be on there. And we we do some recaps and previews just like you. And then we'll probably have some of you guys on uh, once we get a little bit uh, better established. So again, thank you. Thank you all for having me. I appreciate it. I look forward to this great Great, great week coming up, and I'm going to renew my subscription to Flow Sports as soon as we end here because I have to watch 
Hawaii at New Mexico State. Well, everybody, make sure to give Sickos Committee some love and their podcast some love. Make sure to like and subscribe on all of our channels and make sure to give us a comment. What are you looking forward to watching this weekend? Thank you, everybody, so much for tuning in, and we will see you in the next one.